welcome to Equality Time. <laughs> we are your hosts. Welcome back. Welcome back. I got a lot of energy today. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, you do. I love it. <laughs> it's contagious. I'm hype. <laughs> I'm hyped. Me too. <laughs> I'm like sweating too. Yeah, are like... you soaked for the, the lake tomorrow? I am. Yeah, yeah. I uh, have been stuck in my house in Chicago for quite a long time. Like, literally, literally stuck in it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of excited to get out, clear my mind a little bit, be with some mm-hmm. nature, one with the nature, you know, <laughs> meditate a little. It'll be good. It's gonna be good. But still very quarantined and separate and being really safe and everything. But yeah yeah how are you i'm good just chilling living life living <laughs> whole life. lot of nothing yes yes i love that <laughs> right. i saw so, you go get some vegan food the other day i love yeah yum yeah i love some vegan food for sure just mm-hmm. yeah i ordered a <laughs> i ordered a like dairy-free gluten-free pizza the other day and it came not dairy free and not gluten free. That was fun. Oh great, love that. <laughs> right? Oh and like gosh. you know you People pay like ten dollars extra for like all of that stuff and then Yeah. <laughs> nothing. That's not cool. I probably could have called and said something, but I don't at that point I was like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude. But, I never like speak up for myself when it comes to those moments. I just like don't eat it. I'm just like I'll save it for someone else or whatever. <laughs> I'm too chicken to like yeah. be like, yo, you made this wrong, my dude. Yeah. My I think dude, it depends. My if I'm in the restaurant, my guy. I think if I'm like in the restaurant, <laughs> I'll normally be like, hey, especially if it's like an allergy yeah. thing, like you really can't eat it. But this I was like already at home and like didn't really care. Mm. And at that point I was like, fuck it, I'll I eat do. it or give it to my roommates. Like yeah you know i feel that food for the house usually for me it's usually that people the people around me that like if i'm out eating people around me are usually like oh you didn't do this right i'm always quiet i'm not about that life i don't know i feel like i should be and it's like good for people to like do that but i'm just not about it (laughs) yeah listen that's okay well, and also you understand, too, because we both worked at restaurants that, like, sometimes, like, shit happens yeah, and it's dude. not even, like, the waiter's fault or whatever. Like, do not ever take it out for on the sure. waiter or the cook for, like, that sense. Because I've cooked at a restaurant, too, and, like, you mess up. Shit happens. It's an accident. Like, especially if you're slammed. Yeah, like, absolutely. Ugh. Yeah. And, like, everyone needs to be more chill right now with, like, quarantine going on. I, people are such right. assholes still, but, like, For chill out, bro. Also, why are you going out to <laughs> – why are you sitting at and eating I out know. to restaurant anyway? Like, eat at home, putting, people. Eat at home. Yeah. Get it to go, my guy. For real. The mm-hmm. fuck. Any gay. What are we talking about today? <laughs> <laughs> today, we're going to discuss – women <laughs> we both picked a woman women that, uh you might not know from his daddy just the past i guess um and we're gonna tell you about them and now you're gonna know about them Ooh, i'm stoked yeah i can't wait to hear Me about your too. person i'm excited to hear about your person yeah i'm like i want to hear <laughs> 
I'm like, tell me, educate me. Let's go. Yeah. No, it was fun because like when we were both looking up people that we like dope people we want to talk about through history, we both were like, well, I don't know. There's this person and this person and this person and this person. And then like we kept talking about like, why don't we know any of this? Like, why haven't we heard about all these amazing women who created like all these things and should get credit for it? Like all this stuff and like. Yes. There's so many. So we're probably going to do a podcast in the future that's just about women's inventions that we should know about <laughs> or, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Or sure. inventions that uh, uh, the white man stole from them. <laughs> For real. <laughs> the fucking white man. The, the, fuck? the fucking white man. I <laughs> roll in a half. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I chose uh, Ida B. Wells. It was super hard. First off, to pick one, like mm-hmm. you just said, like I kept going back and forth between so many people, but this lady is pretty sick. So, who was Ida B. Wells? She was an African-American journalist, abolitionist, and feminist who led an anti-lynching crusade in the United States in the 1890s. She went on to found and become integral in parts striving for African-American justice. What'd you say? I heard, oh. I said, I said, oh, let's go. Yes. She's a queen. Honestly. Okay. So her early life, cool. uh, she was born a slave in Holly Springs, Mississippi on July 16th, 1862. Uh, she was the oldest daughter of James and Lizzie Wells. The Wells family as well as the rest of the slaves of the Confederate States were decreed free by the Union um, thanks to the Emancipation Proclamation about six months after her birth. Uh, living in Mississippi as African Americans, they faced racial prejudices and were restricted by discriminatory rules and practices. At the age of 16, she had to drop out of school uh, when her parents and one of her siblings died in a yellow fever outbreak. So sad. Mm. Um, She was left to care for her other siblings. This, I was like, damn, queen. She convinced a nearby country school administrator that she was 18 and landed a job as a teacher. So, way to go. Good Yes. Wow. Um, in 1882, Wells moved with her sisters to Memphis, Tennessee to live with an aunt. Her brothers found work as carpenter apprentices for a time. Wells continued her education uh, in Nashville. Okay. Then she went on cool. to okay. write about issues of race and politics in the South. A number of her articles were published in black newspapers and periodicals. Wells eventually became an yes. owner of the Memphis Free Speech and Headlight uh, and later of the Free Speech. One, Those are like titles, I guess, of publications. Um, on one of fateful train ride okay. from Memphis to Nashville in May 1884, Wells reached a personal turning point that resulted in her activism. After having bought a first class train ticket, she was outraged when the train crew ordered her to move to the car for African Americans. She refused on principle. Good for As her. Wells was forcibly removed from the train, she bit one of the men on the hand. <laughs> so, she bit one of the men yes. on the hand. Uh, and then she sued the <laughs> railroad, winning a $500 settlement in a circuit court case. Yes! The decision was later. She I know. won? Um <laughs> uh, she did, I, but then it was good. later wow. overturned. So I don't know about all that. Oh, but I she got did my win. hopes up. 
I know, okay, right? Yeah. Fucking Tennessee. Yeah. And so wow. basically that uh that injustice is what led her to pick up a pen and like write about things. Okay. Um Okay. While working cool. as a journalist and publisher, I mean, Wells also cool, held but... a position as a teacher in a segregated public school in Memphis. She became a vocal critic of the condition of black only schools in the city. In 1891, she was fired from her job for these attacks. She championed another cause after the murder of a friend and his two business associates. Um, so she was an anti-lynching activist. So let's talk about like how that happened. So a lynching in Memphis, uh, it led her to begin an anti-lynching campaign in 1892. Three African-American men, Tom Moss, Calvin McDowell, and Will Stewart, set up a grocery store. Their new business drew customers away from a white-owned store in the neighborhood, and the white store owner and his supporters clashed with the three men on a few occasions. One night, Moss and the others guarded their store against an attack and ended up shooting several of the white vandals. They were arrested and brought to jail, but they didn't have a chance to defend themselves against the charges. A lynch mob took them from their cells and murdered them. Wells wrote newspaper <gasps> articles decreeing the... I know, I was... Mm. Uh, she wrote newspaper articles about the lynching of her friend and the wrongful deaths of the other African-Americans. Putting her own life at risk, she they... spent two months traveling in the South gathering information on other lynching incidents. What's up? You said, wait. Wow. So I I, know. I was saying, so they they took them from their cells to murder them, which is crazy for so many yeah. reasons. Yeah. Right. And then, it is. Because, so, like... I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how jails work back in 1880. What was this? 1884? Oh, 80, it know. was 1892. So, I mean, the jails probably weren't, like, amazing. No. But, like, right. someone had to, like, but, let uh, them fucking break these people out. Like, uh-huh. how the fuck let would they have gotten away with that shit? Exactly. Yeah. They, so somebody dumb. easily let them in there to do that. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. That's For so real. wrong. And so, okay, so she went mm-hmm. around writing articles um, about it and everything like that? Yeah, after that, after that so yeah, cool. she, she wrote about that one, and then she gathered more information on other lynching incidents. Um, and then, let's see, one editorial seemed to push some of the city's white people over the edge. And mom's, a mob stormed the office of her newspaper, destroying all of her equipment. Fortunately, Wells had been traveling to New York oh, City at the time. She was warned that she would be killed if she ever returned to Memphis. Uh, staying in the North, Wells wrote an in-depth report on lynching in Americas for the New York Age, an African-American newspaper run by former slave T. Thomas Fortune. In 1893, Wells published A Red Record, a personal examination of lynchings in America. That year, Wells lectured abroad the to drum up support for her cause among reform-minded white people. Upset by the ban on African-American exhibitors at the 1893 world's columbian exposition she penned and circulated a pamphlet entitled the reason why the colored american is not in the world's columbian exposition wells effort was funded and supported by famed abolitionist and freed slave frederick Douglass and lawyer and editor ferdinand barnett in 1898 wells brought her anti-lynching campaign to the white house leading a protest in washington dc and calling for president william mckinley to make reforms uh, Wells married Ferdinand Barnett in 1895 and was thereafter known as Ida B. Wells Barnett. The couple had four children together. Uh, Wells established several civil rights organizations. In 1896, she formed the National Association of cool. Women, 
Wells is also considered a founding member of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. After brutal assaults on the African-American community in Springfield, Illinois, or Illinois, I guess there's no S, uh, in 1908, (laughs) Wells sought to take action. The following year, she attended a special conference for the organization that would later become known as the NAACP. Wells later cut ties with the organization, explaining that she felt the organization and its emphasis at the time she left lacked action-based initiatives. Working on behalf of all women as part of her work with the National Equal Rights League, Wells called for President Woodrow Wilson to put an end to the discriminatory hiring practices for government jobs. Wells also created the first African-American kindergarten for equality. I know she just oh, sorry man. I'm like so excited like <laughs> she just keeps like calling out these presidents and is like get your shit together yeah dude she did so much stuff dude okay she also created yeah. the first African-American kindergarten in her community and fought for women's suffrage in 1930 she made an un- unsuccessful bid for the get it. Illinois State Senate uh, she died of kidney disease mm. on March 25th, 1931, at the age of 68 in Chicago. Mm. Ooh, Chicago. Wells, <laughs> Wells left behind an impressive legacy of social and political hero- heroism. With her writings, speeches, and protests, Wells fought against prejudice. No matter what potential danger she faced, she once said, I felt that one had better die fighting against injustice than to die like a dog or a rat in a trap. So, yeah. That's wow. Ida B. Wells. She is dope as That's a good fuck. quote. I, That's a good quote. I was blown away by this lady. Can you imagine? So yeah. she did all, like, I listed so many things she did. And she had Literally. four children. I can't imagine having four kids and doing all that. One. And then I can't imagine. Literally, like, that's what I was just thinking. I know. And she also, like, raised her siblings when she was younger. Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? This lady is amazing. Yeah, yeah. This woman knew how to manage her time. <laughs> yeah, for I, real well, time management, nailed it. That's crazy. Cause... Nailed it. <laughs> that's crazy because, like, <laughs> clearly she was a very big activist and spent yeah. a lot of her life working on that and writing on that and trying to spread awareness and all of that. Which, like, if that you if you are a big activist like that that takes up so much of your life it's like a full-time job and it literally was for her and then she had four kids on top of that too yes dang that is so i love too i love that she kept her her last name like i don't know what what it was like in Mm -hmm. in 1895 but she like used the hyphen she was ida b wells barnett and i was like yes queen yeah Keep your name. Get it, girl. Rock your shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. That's really cool. Wow. Yeah, she's dope. That's cool. Okay, let's hear about your lady. I'm curious. Me? Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I was excited. My person that I chose to talk about was <laughs> Betsy Coleman. Um. So Betsy was a badass. Okay. Um, also really into like activism and stuff too, but, um, let's talk about her. So Betsy was born January 26, 
1892 in Atlanta, Texas, and she's one of 13 children to Susan and George Coleman, who were both sharecroppers. Her father was Native American and African American descent. Um, and he left the family for some better opportunities in Oklahoma, but her mother and her stayed in Texas and worked, um, pretty much for white people and folding clothes and picking cotton and stuff like that. So at 12, she began attending, um, a Baptist church in Texas and it was a four mile walk for her to get there every single day after graduating she embarked on a journey to attend Oklahoma Colored Agriculture and Normal University, Logstan University now, um, where she completed only one term because of finances, too expensive. Mm. And then in 1915, she, uh, at age 23, decided to move to Chicago where two of her brothers lived at the time. Ooh. Um, yeah. So she, Chicago again, let's go. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, what the fuck? So, right. Uh, so she <laughs> moved to Chicago and she started working. She was one of the first women to work in a barber shop and do nail. I believe she was like a nail like person, I believe. Nail tag. Um, so she was working in a barber shop. Yep. Oh, I haven't even like said what she did in the long run. Well, now you'll find out later. <laughs> Um, so she, uh, was in the nail salon and pretty much there's lots of really good quotes about her where she's just kind of was always like, I'm going to do more with my life and I'm going to show that black women can do, do achieve things in their life. Cause especially at that time, Mm -hmm. like there really wasn't any opportunities, especially for black women. You know what I mean? So um, she was really big on uh, that. Uh, during that time, both of her brothers had served in France during World War One, And after uh, her brothers were back and uh, she kept hearing re- uh, like reports of women pilots in France because women in Europe were allowed to fly. And... Um, her brother would like kind of joke and be like, I know something you can't ever do. And he's like, fly a plane and like all those things. Or there was like the, it, reports of her brother teasing her about it and stuff like that. And then she was like, you know what? I'm going to fly a plane. Watch me. I'm going to become a pilot. <laughs> and so then. Hell yeah. She. Yeah. She, really cool. So then she applied to all the pilot schools in America and they all denied her because A, Queen. she was black and B, <gasps> she was a woman. Mm. Yes. So couldn't get into any schools in America. And so she okay. met the, she met Robert. Oh no, I don't know how to say his last name. It's A-B-B-O-T. Abbott? Abbott. Okay. I would say Abbott, but I could be okay. incorrect. <laughs> so she's denied from all these schools unjustfully fuck those people and she met robert uh abbott the publisher of the chicago defender and she pretty much went to him and was like here are reasons that we need 
a black woman flying fine planes. We need a black woman pilot. Here are all the reasons. Here's what it will help. Because I mean, at that time, it was hard for white women to get to plane and black women. It's like not even imaginable. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, this guy at the Robert um, decided to help fund her to go to France to get her pilot license. So this woman took a year, taught herself French, taught herself French and boated on over to France. Yes. Signed up for (laughs) um, like applied for a pilot school there, got in and um, she did a seven month course, whatever, got her a piloting thing. And she was the first civilian licensed African-American pilot in the world. Also, mm-hmm. she's half Native American too. So then she skirted her way back to America. Skirt, skirt. People were like welcoming her there. And it was like a big deal because like rightfully show. Also, she was the first um, person to get a piloting license um, internationally. Where was I? So then she came back to America mm-hmm. and... Times were tough because flying a plane, there wasn't much you could do to make money at that time. Yeah. And what she really wanted to do, her goal was to save up enough money to A, buy herself a plane, but B, um, she wanted to start a piloting school for other uh, African-Americans to have opportunities uh, to fly. So her whole goal was to open a school to help other black people become pilots, which is dope as fuck. Amazing. So then, yeah, that's amazing. So then I know this woman just keeps exciting me. So, um, (laughs) trying to figure out what she's going to do money wise and everything like that. She decides to go back to France and get, are you ready for this? To learn aviation, Mm. stunt flying and performing (gasps) air shows and shit. So she became even more of a badass. I know. So then she's a stunt flyer and all that stuff. So then she came back to America and started performing and doing air shows and stuff like that. But just wait. She decided to use her, um, like, platform's not the right word because that's I don't know if that's a thing back in the day. But, like, she was touring, right? And she decided to use her touring to be an activist. And uh, she would not perform anywhere that would not let Black people into the front door or that had any sort of segregation yes. within that building. So she would literally just not perform there if they would not apply these Love equality it. things and let let people in the front door and all these things. And so she would use that um, to be an activist. She also would go around to schools and other stuff and have talks and things like that. And like, I, I can't even imagine the amount of courage this woman had. Like, ugh. yeah. anyway. So cool, especially at that time. <laughs> racism was like insanely strong back then. And she was just like, nope, not having any of it. And using her power became a I pilot. Anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, I forgot. So in her first show in America was in September 3rd, 19... 19- 
September 3rd or 2nd. But in 1992, when she had her first um, show, she became the first um, the first Black woman to earn a pilot's license, like officially. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then in 1922, when she had her first show, she became the first African-American woman in America to make a public flight. So it was just like really cool. Yeah. So then she just became an activist, dope person, awesome, touring, like, ugh, so cool. So um, she had a plane accident um, and, like, almost died. They found her unconscious. Be- well, which is really sad because she was saving up to buy her new plane. And then she got this new plane. And then after, like, three months, I believe they said, of using it, she had this plane crash. And so that's really sad. That's so then awful. she had to resave up to get a new plane crash. But she has this really good quote of, like, when she was in the hospital bed that was, like, about... See, this just proves that flying in a plane is any less dangerous than driving a car and all this stuff. And I'm like, you get it, girl. She never stopped being yeah. like a confident activist. And I am like, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Because <laughs> also, like, the only pilot I ever remember learning about that was a woman was Amelia Earhart. But Amelia Earhart was right. born after she was born. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So then she had to save up to buy her new plane. Um Sadly, on April 30th, 1926, at the age 34, she tragically died in a rehearsal for an aerial show where she fell um, Mm. out of the plane and uh, hit the ground and, you know, passed away. Uh, Yeah, Uh, her and the other guy who was um, on the plane with her uh, passed away, too. But, uh, so, uh, when she died, yeah, when she died, um, they say she almost became more popular and, um, after her death, she hasn't been, uh, forgotten, um, for a number of years, starting back in 1993, black pilots from Chicago instituted an annual flyover her grave and they dropped like I believe white roses That's awesome. on her grave, which is Fuck just, yes. yeah, so cute. Yeah. Um, in 1977, a group of African-American women pilots established the Betsy Coleman Aviators Club. So they are like fulfilling her dream of like starting a school of what she was like yeah. saving up her money for, which is like so cool. That is very cool. And then in 1992, a Chicago City Council uh, requested that the U.S. Postal Service issued a Betsy Coleman stamp. The resolution noted that, quote, Betsy Coleman continues to inspire, uphold thousands and even millions of young peers with her sense of adventure, her positive attitude and her determination to succeed. Um, And then she did, I believe, I can't remember the year, but she they uh, there was a post stamp with her face on it eventually, which cool. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. like what a badass and amazing person, like, and I came across, um, some statistics about, um, women pilots now, and now women make up just over, are you ready for this? 7% of all pilots mm-hmm. in the U.S. And wait, according to the most federal, um, aviation administration, the numbers are even worse for black women who's based on recent oh estimate makeup makeup ready fewer than 1% of all pirates 
um, airline transport, pilot, commercial, military, military, and or certified flight instructor. Quote, out of almost 13,000 so pilots and United, about 900 of us are women, said the United Airlines captain, Teresa Claiborne. She credited to be the first African-American pilot in the U.S. Air Force in 1982. Out of, quote, out of those 900 women, 17 of us are black right now. Mm. Uh, 17 of us are black. And right now we only have two black women captains. End quote. Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, now they're still on your lap. But, like, look how much she inspired and she proved that, like, listen, man, I, I can do anything I fucking want to be. Like, yeah. And she fought activism the whole way. And wow. Wow. And I was really excited. She to learn was about young her. as fuck. Young so as young. Like she died at 34. Right? So sad. That's 34, crazy. I believe, is when she died. That's nuts, dude. Right? Oh, cool. Oh, I also forgot to say some of her nicknames were Brave Betsy, Queen Bess, the only race aviatrix in the world. Like, she was cool. Mm. She was cool. Yeah, dude, that's badass. Right? Like, oh my gosh. So yeah, as you were saying that, I was like looking up pictures. She just looks like a cool ass person. Mm-hmm. She was and so she cute. Said, this quote, this quote, I love this. The air is the only place free from prejudices. Damn. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Get it, Bessie. Oh, another good quote. Yeah, she had is a uh, quote. I decided black should not have to experience difficulties I have faced. So I've decided to open my own flying school and teach other black women to fly. Mm. I refuse to take no for an answer. If I create the minimum of my plans and desires, there shall be no regret. Like she was... I knew we had no aviators, neither men nor women, and I knew race needed to be represented along this most important line. Go off, Betsy! (laughs) For real. She's, wow. I'm like, I can't stop looking through all this shit now. Right? She, quote, said, I thought it... Uh, I thought it was my duty to risk my life to learn aviation and to encourage flying among men and women of our race who are so far behind the white race. It's in this modern study. Come through, Betsy. I Right. <laughs> Dude, at the bottom of this, so you said the, the statistics for uh, the United States, but it looks like mm-hmm. worldwide, it's still obviously overwhelmingly male. Uh, and and the most part white, but it says in South Africa, despite a apartheid, I can't say that word. Um, okay, in South Africa, only four percent of the seventeen thousand two hundred and fifty-two pilots in the country are black. Only two hundred and forty-one are black women. That's nuts. Wow. Does it say when so that was 4% done? So four percent of that number are black. Wow. This well, this article that I'm reading is from 2017, so fairly recent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Nuts. The, we and we can link one of the. Uh, there was a pretty good video on Betsy that I watched, and within that video, there was a woman in the U.S. Force who was a pilot who I can't remember the name of the plane. But it's one plane that you have to wear a spacesuit because it goes so far up. You can see, like, the curvature of the Earth. And she is the only yeah. black woman who, who has ever 
like learn to pilot one of those. And I think she might've been the only woman to, to even pilot one of those. I can't remember what the video said, but it's just like, we got all these amazing badass pilot women and I want there to be more. <laughs> yeah, for real. That's, yeah. The only one, like you said earlier, yeah. the only one that people probably know is fucking Amelia Earhart. Mm-hmm. And probably the only reason people know of Amelia Earhart is because of her crazy ass death or dispe- disappearance or whatever you want to call it. The disappearance. Like, if she had lived, if she had lived and, like, is, like, an old lady now or whatever. Yeah. No one would care. That's interesting to think <laughs> I'm about. sorry, but, like. Yeah, people, that is interesting to think about. People just care because, like, of her crazy... Yeah, I feel like that's the only reason. Disappearance. There's a lot of conspiracy yeah. theories about her disappearance, too. Yeah, there are a ton, dude. There's some good documentaries on yeah, it. Yeah, dude, and I think they're current. They just, like, keep coming out with stuff, and they're, like, still mm-hmm. searching for, like, Also, I do want to say, stuff. I it's believe nuts. I found there is a book about Betsy. Yeah, sorry to be oh, yeah? cut you off. But I think, no, I, think I believe, yeah. I just, what a badass. Yeah, so... We'll definitely post on our pages tons of shit about them because, mm-hmm. okay, both these women are, like, striking and courageous and they mm-hmm. have strong convictions and they were all just, like, they're both amazing. I don't know. They're amazing. Mm-hmm. And, like, I didn't know about either of them, really. I knew the name Ida B. Wells before. No. Yeah, I feel I, like I've definitely I didn't heard know that. who she was and then, like, I definitely didn't know who Bessie was, so... Yeah, we're going to no, post some more stuff. You should keep learning about yeah. these people. It's fucking mm-hmm. nuts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, while we were doing our research, we found some articles, too, um, just, like, about powerful black women in history and, like, black women in history you may not know about. So we'll post those. And mm-hmm. you should just read through every one of them, honestly. <laughs> For Literally. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I mean, because... Our school systems failed to teach us now that we're adults. It's on our own to now educate ourselves about all this stuff we should know about. Yeah. That's also so cool. Like, yep. the more and more I find out about all these amazing people, I'm like, hello, world. Where have you been? Yeah. And like, that's cool. For real. For real. One of the, so as I said, like, we both went like back and forth between a lot of these ladies and trying to figure out uh, which one we wanted to to do and i was going to do mary mary uh i don't know how to say her middle name it was mary mcleod bethune mary bethune basically anyways she was um an african-american uh in education that opened her own school and the whole point of me bringing that up is um (laughs) i was talking to my mom about this episode we were gonna do and like going uh-huh. through all these people that like I lo- I want to talk about, and my dad was in the room, and he's a history. He, he has a degree in history. He is like one of the smartest men, and he had no idea who she was. And I was just like, it's crazy that like we're just yep. we're just not taught this shit. Like my dad's like in his sixties, nope. and like he's a history buff, and. He mm-hmm. had no idea who that was. And the only reason I think my mom knew who she was is because my mom's in education. But I just think that's super interesting. It's just like, well, it's we just got to keep educating ourselves education, our whole lives, man. There are a bunch of states in America that don't even require teaching black history, which is insane. Yeah. That's a yeah. whole nother podcast episode. But insane. like, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now We've it's on you to educate with, your own like, self. With like this. Yeah. We talked about that with, like, the sex ed and stuff, too, is just, like, our education system mm-hmm. fails us in so many ways. 
Um, mm-hmm. We should definitely do an episode on like on the education system and like potential ways to like reform it to be better because yep even like uh there's so many things in history we're not taught like we didn't get any of the native american stuff we didn't get any of the Mm -mm. african-american stuff literally none no black history no none of that shit like we got the like the whitest version of everything and yep oh man and it hasn't like changed since like our parents were little like Yeah. Well, and we were made to taught that history was so long ago, but like, actually, a lot of this did not happen that long ago. No. Yeah. That's, that's crazy too. It's like, uh, when I was reading about Ida B. Wells, uh, and she was born a slave in 1862, when you think like 1800s, you're like, oh, wow, that's so long ago. But Uh, knowing that she, knowing that she died in fucking what was it 1931 like that's not right that's not that long ago and she was born a slave you know and she died in 1930 yeah like what the fuck yeah it's just nuts it's crazy that was fun i can't wait to do another one of these yeah i can't wait to do another one of these and learn more (laughs) about more people yeah there's so many people in um, like you mentioned in the beginning, like all the, all the women who've done things that men have taken credit for Ugh. is nuts. And that's going to be so fun to, Ugh. uh, research Literally. and talk about. We also, found, it's probably going to yeah. be draining <laughs> and really sad. It will be. But, yeah. I mean, isn't it? It's everything. interesting. So, but honestly, yeah, I mean, literally you and me did like what, not even a couple minutes of research on just um things white men have stolen from women and like there's endless on endless articles of different women that their Mm -hmm. patents or science inventions or etc whatever it is was stolen (laughs) it's just like fuck it's so mm. yeah well cool that was fun oh my god (laughs) it It is frustrating uh, last thing last thing i want to Say, um, J.K. Rowling. What the fuck's her actual name? Joanne Rowling. Ugh. Um, I know she's been canceled for many reasons, but I just want to say, like, writing under her like an Joanne. alias, basically, it's Joanne, right? But the reason I'm bringing this up is like writing under a name that could be perceived to be a man. She was able to find way more success, I feel like, than like some people who just write under female names. Um, and she oh. has different different mm-hmm. pen names. Um, like a few of them that she publishes under. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, like she's been writing like mystery novels and they're under a different name, but it's like a man's oh, name. And it's just nuts that like right. people are buying those yeah. books and like, I don't know. It's like you think about yeah. if she just published it under Joanne Rowling. I don't know if she would have been as successful as as JK. Yeah. Rowling. Just well, saying. Well, that's like... <laughs> no, that goes along the same lines, too, of, like, all those studies done about p- if you send the exact same resume into the same um, place and you put two different names yeah. in it and stuff, like, the mm-hmm. one name that sounds typical Brian or typical Sarah is going to get a callback from a different, you know what I mean? Like, those studies, yeah. too, yeah. are crazy because people are just wrong i don't know like yeah what does somebody's wrong. name have to do with their quality of work stop stereotyping Fucking i stop being nothing i just fuck uh, off. 
anyway for real <laughs> all right well um well thanks I hope for being here um listening to this yeah tell us if you learn about anything new or if you know of any other cool people we should talk about um we would love that um yeah let us know Follow us on yeah. Twitter, Instagram, and we have a Facebook too. Uh, our handle is just, isn't it just Equality Time? Yep. Just our name, baby. Yep. Baby. <laughs> so yeah. Follow us there. <laughs> Shoot us an email if you want. Please. DM us. Whatever you want. All right. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Bye, everyone. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Love to hear. Peace, geese. Bye.